It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. That was a rough weekend for Mets fans. Uh, You go into Atlanta, you just have to win one to control your fate heading into this week, and you lose all three on the show today. I'll just talk about general despair and anguish uh, in the first segment. I think that's a good way to start. Uh, in the second segment, we'll dive a little bit into the, the final game that led to the continued despair and anguish. And then um, we'll look for some potential silver linings in the final segment. Like Jeff McNeil winning a batting title and maybe uh, the Mets can show some life in the playoffs. Uh, before we get to any of that, though... I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing, JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. I mean, I don't really know what to say. Um, the Mets had a great opportunity this weekend. They had all the things break right for them on uh, Wednesday before this series began. They win that game against the Marlins, coming back late. The Braves get walked off by the Nationals. You have a one-game lead. The tiebreaker is right in your hands. You have Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer going in the first two games with Chris Bassett still having a favorable pitching matchup on Sunday against Charlie Morton. All you have to do is grab a game. You win two, you essentially win the division. You sweep them, you clinch the division. If you win one, you control your fate. They got swept. They got swept. They looked like the worst team. Now, does this mean the season's over? No. But it was such a bad weekend of baseball that it leads you questioning how capable is this team of making a run? What can they do? And we'll go through the game in the next segment here and we'll close out the show with what is left to root for in this season. But, I mean... It was such a frustrating weekend, and I said it on yesterday's bonus show, um, or maybe even the first one, I don't know. I think it was yesterday's show, um, where I was talking about how I'm happy that I got COVID, which is a crazy thing to say, but it was just the fact that that led me to the decision to not go to Atlanta, where I had bought tickets months ago uh, for me and my dad to hopefully be in Atlanta, where the Mets had a possibility to clinch the division. And we end up not going. And honestly, this is the type of series that leads me to never want to go to that ballpark. I don't want to be a Mets fan out there with with the, the tomahawk chop going as Braves fans get to revel in what has just been um, a division they've owned and they will now continue to own at least for one more year. The Mets had such a big gap that they had to widen when Steve Cohen owned this team. And... They've done a great job up to this point. They have. I mean, last year, uh, they were in first place for a long time. 
it just was fool's gold. It wasn't enough. This year, they, they've built a team that is good enough to win the World Series. Everything that just happened this weekend is what happened. But if their pitchers get hot, if the right hitters start to come together, once they hit uh, into – and hit's a horrible phrase right there. But once we get into the wild card round, and let's just say they, they, they can surprise the Dodgers and they win that like, – there's still a run possible for this team. It's still a team that if they win their final series against the Nationals, which there's really nothing to play for, um, they'll be a 100-win ball club, and maybe that is the thing to play for. And that's a really incredible accomplishment for this franchise that just has not done that often. So it's still one of the greatest regular seasons of franchise history. It's still one of the best Mets teams ever. But what they did in September – can be categorized as a form of a collapse, not an 07 collapse, an 08 collapse, not like that. I think they still might have a winning record this month. It got a lot narrower. Were they 15 and 12 or 15 and 11 going into this series? And well, I guess that was in the month of September, if you combine September and October. But, uh, you know, it's still overall a successful season, more than a success. It's been a great year. But, when you get swept, swept by the Cubs, you lose that series to the Nationals. You don't take advantage of the schedule. And then in the biggest series, the series for your lives, you can't muster a single game against the Atlanta Braves. Not one game to secure a tiebreaker that you worked so hard to get. Eight and four in the first 12 games against the Braves this year. Eight and four. You go to the last uh, seven, right? That good math, bad math. Yeah, got that right. Last seven, you go one and six. You lose both series, get swept in the last one. There's your division, Atlanta Braves. And, and you know what? Let's also not just put this all on the New York Mets. I blame the Mets for not doing more with their schedule prior to this series. And to a certain extent, I still believe that if you're as good of a ball club as they believe themselves to be, you find a way to win one of these games. But the Braves were awesome this weekend. I mean, they just were. Their bullpen was great. Um, they they got decent starting pitching, I, I would say. I mean, Max Free was good till he got sick. Kyle Wright kind of had a uh, you know a, a you know tightrope that he walked and he found his way out of it, and he looked okay. Morton wasn't that good at all today, but their bullpen was amazing, and their hitters just gave great at bats all weekend. They, they got themselves in, into good counts time and again. And the Mets stars just made mistakes and they capitalized on them and the Mets could do nothing with runners in scoring position. And outside of what Nito hit a Homer, McNeil hit a Homer, uh Vogel back Homer today. So I guess today we had a couple, but um, I could be drawing a blank on another, but it just felt like the Mets had to do so much to get a run across and the Braves could leave the yard with regularity. And they did. And, and that's why they won the series. That's why they've been, the best team not named the Dodgers since June. Um, and that's why they will win the National League East and get a bye and get five days off after the season to set up their rotation and get the easier side of the bracket and not to face the Dodgers until the championship series at the earliest where the Mets now have a very tough road come October. But I still think they have the guys to do it. So what we're going to do here to close out the show, next segment, let me dive into the nitty-gritty of this bad game. Close out the show with what's left to root for over the final series of the season and then um, what the playoffs will now look like, assuming the Mets are 
a wild card team. Before we get to any of that, though, if you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. They have the delicious and indulgent cookie dough flavor covered in chocolate. That is the cookie dough chunk puffs, chewy in texture with real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they come covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's actually healthier for you with only 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puffs are covered in that 100% real chocolate, which means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate cover cookie dough with light, fluffy texture. So good. And they're all made with a collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently to provide tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you by trying the new cookie dough chunk puffs. All you have to do to get them is go to built.com and make sure you use our promo code locked on 15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on 15 for 15% off at built.com. Sunday was as important of a game as the Mets have played all season. Win it, you're in the driver's seat in the National League East. Lose it, you're basically all but eliminated from winning this division and just looking like a wild card team. And first inning, Dansby Swanson hits a home run. Uh, we've seen it before, and we saw it too many times in this series. What frustrated me about that at bat is all series and all season, this is a guy that kills heaters. And, you know, the harder stuff. He's not a good breaking ball hitter. You get ahead uh, two or one and two. And what did the Mets do? They threw him three hard pitches. Instead of spiking a curveball, instead of trying to get him to chase, uh, they went heat, heat, heat on him. A couple pitches out of the zone that he was able to spit on that were nowhere close. Then he, he gets a pitch he can handle. He puts it in the seats. And honestly, the problem the last two days with Scherzer and Bassett these guys just didn't have good put-away stuff. They couldn't do anything to get these hitters out when they would get ahead. That They just were throwing pitches that they could either handle and waste and stay in at-bats, or they were throwing non-competitive pitches that were just too far outside of the zone for them to even consider to swing at. So that was the issue. The second inning, the Mets have a little bit of hope. Daniel Vogelback ties the game with a home run. You get to the third inning, the Mets actually take a lead. Jeff McNeil, who... Um, we're going to talk about more in the final segment, was amazing in this series. And he hit a home run to give the Mets a lead. They then string together a rally with three straight singles, Pete Alonso, Eduardo Escobar, and once again, Daniel Vogelback. And they take a 3-1 lead over the Braves. Now, what happens, Bassett costs it back up and then some, gives up three runs, gave up a hit, walked a batter, gets a couple of outs, hits Austin Riley low the bases, walks Matt Olson to walk in a run, gives up a base hit to Travis Darno. All of a sudden, the Braves have a lead, and Bassett is pulled for Trevor May uh, in that third inning. And that basically was the ball game because the Mets wouldn't score again. Uh, the Braves did. Matt Olson would hit a home run his 33rd of the season off Seth Lugo in the sixth. But this is a Mets team that outhit the Braves tonight, 11-5, to yet they only put up three runs because, for one, they were, let's see, one for six with runners in scoring position. Uh, but... They left 20 men on base in this game. As a, I mean, as a team, they left nine. But if you go to each individual player, guys who didn't come through with men on base, 
uh, you would add up to 20. You have Lindor who left three on uh, opportunities that didn't result in anything. Alonzo one, Escobar three. Alvarez comes into the game as a pinch hitter, leaves two. Canna three, Guillermo three, Vientos one as a pinch hitter. McCann three, Nito comes on as a pinch hitter, leaves one on as well. So again, as a team, they left nine runners on base. Um, individually, everyone is to blame here. I mean, Brandon Nimmo didn't leave anyone on base, but he was only one for four with a walk. Uh, McNeil was the best hitter on the team, three for five. Uh, he's angling for a batting title, doing a damn good job down the stretch here. But it was just just an awful effort. And I think one of the things um, that ultimately proved to be a big error in judgment, in my opinion, is the decision to call it Francisco Alvarez. Uh, I'm not pinning this series on him by any stretch. But I'm questioning the decision-making, as I have throughout the season when it comes to handling prospects. Mark Vientos uh, was coming on a little bit, not, not a ton, but we saw some life in that Oakland series, and I think they should have done one of two things. Either A, you abandon left-right matchups, you get a veteran up, you call up Don Smith, who has traditionally been good against left-handed pitching in his career, and you just let your vets take the at-bats. You let Daniel Vogelbeck not get pinched hit for it. In this game in particular, I mean, he drives in two or three runs. They grab a lefty in the pen. That doesn't mean there's only going to be lefties for the rest of the game. And there was an at-bat later where Francisco Alvarez faced Rizal Iglesias where you would have much rather had Daniel Vogelback hit it. So I know that I've said when the Mets made the trade for Vogelback, you never wanted to see him face a lefty. If they're going to a lefty in the fifth inning to face him, you couldn't let Vogelback hang in there because you know what? He could draw a walk still. He might not do damage against the lefty, but he can at least draw a walk. And honestly, it'd be hard for me to think he'd give a, a a worse at bat than Alvarez was because Alvarez is so green. I mean, it's tough to just throw a guy in as talented as he is. And look, I was hyping it up going into the weekend because you, you see the potential of Francisco Alvarez with the numbers he puts up in the minor leagues. And the Mets have the confidence in him. And it makes me think, well, maybe the guy is that good. But then you watch it unfold. And it's so much pressure to put on him. At least Vientos has been there, um, has been in the big leagues for a little bit, where maybe he does a little bit more at the extra at-bats this weekend than Alvarez did. Or, again, you go to Dom Smith, who at least is a veteran, um, who's hit lefties before, even as a left-handed hitter. That would probably give you something better. Uh, But that was a questionable decision by the Mets. Overall, though, it's not just that one spot in the line that that they struggled. It was top to bottom. And the Braves were the better team this weekend. And since June, they've been the better team. And they might just be the better team. But that's the problem when you inherit an organization, as Steve Cohen did, that was so far behind that it takes a while to catch up. And you can't just throw money at all your problems. When you have a Braves team that was built the right way, that has all of these homegrown players, that have just filtered through, whether it's the guys in the bullpen, guys in the rotation, or, I mean, up and down the lineup. Their starters are these homegrown players who have just been so great for them. And they have now, all but officially, won the division yet again. And you have to wait to 2023 to try to take it from them. Um, The good news is the season isn't over, even though in some respects it feels like it is right now because of how disappointing 
this weekend proved to be. But there's baseball left to be played, and I think we can still take some take some solace in that. And I'll explain what's left to root for um, in just a minute here. But first, another quick word from our sponsors. As we enter play in the final week of the season, Freddie Freeman is hitting 327. Jeff McNeil, after three hits tonight, is hitting 326. He's right there for the first batting title of his career, and I think that's something to push for because why not let him face Nationals pitching for three days? Uh, I don't think that you really should be resting Jeff McNeil necessarily. Um, and you got to play out these games until the Braves officially win the division. So, you're going to play out the game on Monday. Um, if the Braves lose, you're still mathematically in it. You try to win on Tuesday, who knows? You put the pressure on them. I, I don't think that there's any chance that the Braves don't just win on Monday and clinch the division, and then they could rest their guys for a week. But you never know. So you might as well play it out. And for Jeff McNeil in particular, a bag title is worth playing for. It's worth playing it out. You, know? um, you can DH Jeff McNeil. The final two games of the series, if you want to, if the, the Mets are mathematically eliminated, let him get his at-bats in. Let him try to chase down Freeman. It'll just keep him sharp from the playoffs, and some guys are going to have to play. You can't just rest the whole team um, leading into a playoff series, and it's going to be against the Padres. I mean, you look at the National League right now, and it's all but certain what's going to happen. The Phillies have a magic number of one to clinch a playoff berth, and they'll be the final team. And the Braves have a magic number of one to clinch the division. Once that happens, we know the lineup. Dodgers, number one seed. Braves, number two seed. Mets will be the number four seed. Obviously, the Cardinals for winning um, the Central will be the three seed. They will play the Phillies, which will be the final wildcard team. And the Mets will play the five seed, which is the Padres, which means you're probably going to get Joe Musgrove, uh, Hugh Darvish, and Blake Snell in some order going up against Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, and Chris Bassett. Um, Good pitching matchups across the board. Two teams that uh, we've seen score off this season. And uh, really, the teams that were that were you know squaring off right after the the, the All Star break, um, and uh, you know the Mets kind of got rolling in the final game of the series, but they looked terrible in the first two games of that series. So uh, we'll see what happens. We'll have a lot of time to preview what lies ahead there. Uh, but here you are, final week of the season, leading into I mean a playoff series. That's where we're at. Uh, you look at this week ahead. Three against the Nationals. Again, never know. Marlins are frisky. They just won two against the Brewers. Maybe they'll at least make the, the Braves earn it. Uh, maybe they'll, they'll win the first two. Um, this season will come down to the final game. I again, doubt it, but you never know. So there's a little something to play for on Monday. You're not mathematically eliminated. Play what's in front of you. Uh, but, like, for example, you're not going to see Jacob DeGrom pitch on Wednesday. No chance on that, even if the Mets went into that final game without being mathematically eliminated. They're not going to start Jacob DeGrom in a game where all the Braves would have to do is win and they'd have the tiebreaker. So it doesn't matter. Uh, They're going to rest their rotation. They're going to make sure their bullpen gets the work they need to be sharp, but rested. And they're going to go into that series after an off day on Thursday, they will be home this whole week. And they will be playing uh, against the Padres Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Win two, just like they've done all season. You, you win a series, you move on. They've been great at winning series. So win a series, you get to a, a divisional round against the Dodgers. Good reward. 
<laughs> for sure to, to, to win a playoff series just at the face of the Dodgers. But that is the road ahead now. And I, I think the one thing that I'll take, and it's ridiculous to even make this argument because when Ken Rosenthal said it on the broadcast on Saturday, I laughed it off as a stupid assessment. Now I'm going to cling to it. Now I'm going to cling to it because I got nothing else to cling to. This is the road that's ahead of us as Mets fans. What he said was, hey, you're better off maybe seeing the Dodgers in a five-game series than a seven-game series. So hey, maybe you got that going for you because if you get to the divisional round, which is still a big if at this point, you got to get past the Padres. But if you do, then you take one of two in L.A. You can come home and take two at City Field and upset the Dodgers. And um, over a seven-game series, they might be able to wear you down more. That was Ken Rosenthal's argument. I'm stealing it, and I'm clinging to it like a raft at this point because what else do we have to cling to? And then, who knows? Maybe the Cardinals, who I believe, did they sweep the Braves in the playoffs a couple years back in 2019? I have to look up on that one. But yeah, Cardinals are a team that could handle business. Who knows? Maybe it ends up being a fortuitous road through the playoffs that we aren't envisioning yet where the Mets go up against the Padres, they win two games, DeGrom and Scherzer look great, the lineup hits. They go into L.A., they take one and two, they sweep uh, the, the Dodgers in the home games that City Field, they take both of them, they win that series in four, and on the other side, the Cardinals upset the Braves, and suddenly you're, you're playing the Cardinals uh, as your last team in a seven-game set to go to the world series that that that's if everything breaks right for you but you know what that's the beauty of baseball anything can happen and while we are down in the dumps today tomorrow can bring something that will pick you up a little bit and um the other thing i'll say is 100 win season is still something i think to play for win two of these last three win this last series against the nationals even if it's meaningless go into the playoffs on a decent note and you still have the horses to make some noise when you get there. But for now, that's going to be all for this edition of Locked on Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review. Wherever you get your podcast, make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Ficklestein Ryan. Follow the show, at Locked on Mets. Thank you for making Locked on Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on MLB, hosted by Paul Francis Sullivan. Locked on MLB is where you want to go to stay up to date with everything going on in Major League Baseball. Follow Locked on MLB wherever you get podcasts. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.